It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. What a year, 2023, for Las Vegas sports and the business of sports. And what a year to look forward to in 2024. What better guest to dissect it all than Alan Snell, whose popular website, lvsportsbiz.com, reports the business side of Las Vegas' expanding, exploding too, for that matter, sports industry. For everything about Alan Snell, sports and sports business, go to lvsportsbiz.com and you can follow him on X, formerly Twitter. And Alan, welcome back to the show. Happy New Year, Ira. It's always fun to chat with you. And uh, here's to a healthy uh, New Year for both of us. That sounds good to me. For any new listeners and viewers, tell us a little bit about the history of LV Sports Biz, and then we'll get into the topic of some amazing things that have gone on in the past year and what you look to for 2024. Well, remarkably, LV Sports Biz is finishing its seventh year in 2024. Whoa. Time is marching is, uh, on. Wow. Uh, I remember when yeah, you started uh, it, I thought that was only about five years ago, but now it's seven years ago. Okay. Yeah, we started in June of 2017. In fact, we began only a week or two before the Vegas Golden Knights picked their roster of players during the expansion draft event that was held right here in Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena in 2017. You know, it's hard to believe that draft, that expansion draft was 2017. The Knights have obviously went on and won a Stanley Cup. But at the time, the arena in which that event was held was barely more than a year old. T-Mobile Arena opened in April of 2016. And in June of 2017, the Golden Knight players were picked. So, uh, And obviously, the Las Vegas market has exploded with other uh, key venues like the Raiders Stadium, Allegiant Stadium, was a huge uh, pivot point, I think, for this market. And uh, in 2023, we saw the uh, state legislature approve a funding bill that earmarked $380 million in public resources to uh, help the Oakland Athletics build a 33000 seat $1.5 billion baseball stadium uh, on the strip at the Tropicana site. But before we get to open in 2028. But so. before we get into all of that, though, I want you to finish your LV Sports Biz story because you started seven years ago. But what was your goal at the time? Well, I had uh, covered the business of sports for the local newspaper in town from 2012, 2016, left the paper in 2016 and 2017. I realized that Las Vegas was on the brink of having a tidal wave of major league sports and uh, also publicly financed sports building. So that is my sweet spot. And I thought LV Sports Biz would basically tap into this tidal wave of sports development and marketing and expansion. And we've been nonstop running. In fact, we saw the advent of Formula One also this past year, which I'm working on a major story this week. So, yeah, you know, getting back to LV Sports Biz, it has been literally 
a full, full nonstop sprint. I have to say <laughs> there is no jogging. There is no marathon. It is a daily sprint every day as well, developments occur literally on a daily basis here in Las Vegas. There may not be any running or there is running, but there's also bicycling. There is time for bicycling. So that's your other passion. Oh, yeah. So, I can yeah. squeeze that in as well. <laughs> I, it is amazing. I mean, you are pretty much a one-man operation and you, you produce so much news about an interesting subject. And I think you're right about the timing because I keep looking at what's gone on over these years and looking towards 2024 and realizing that we're not done yet with the business of sports and sports in general here. I know that there's been talk about the Super Bowl coming up and also some possible NBA moves as well. So let's take it. I'll throw it back to your corner. What, what do you think was the most significant sports story from a business standpoint in 2023? And what do you think it is for 2024? Well, from a business standpoint, I would say the advent and the start of the Formula One race here in Las Vegas, only because it had such a profound impact, good and bad, on the Las Vegas market. The big boys of Las Vegas, the MGM Resorts, Internationals, Caesars Entertainment, Win Las Vegas, the big hotel owners did well. Uh, that weekend of November 16th to 18th when the race event was held. But a lot of businesses were crushed, and the event created a lot of disruptions, a lot of traffic jams. So from a business standpoint, that race event, it's kind of funny. It's only a 90-minute race, and it was won by a racer who wins just about every F1 race on the schedule. It had a it had a big impact on Las Vegas, a story that was the number one story for me when I launched the site, the Vegas Golden Knights. They won the Stanley Cup, which was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And also the Las Vegas Raiders, you know, in terms of if you want to boil it down to business, they did switch their head man, which was their coach. They fired a coach, general manager in the middle of the season. And in fact, right now, story is going to be up for possible being hired in a permanent position, but it's a decision that the owner, Mark Davis, will have to make. I want to go back to Formula One for a second. Unlike the Raiders, unlike VGK, unlike eventually the Aces, those sports teams have venues that you can amortize over time. And they play not just one game a year, but many games a year. Formula One was one time each year, and the amount of, as you called it, disruption, but also just the challenge to the infrastructure was profound. Can it be justified if you amortized it out over the year, even though it's at one event a year? Well, it depends who you talk with. If you're at MGM Resorts International, they would say yes. But if you had businesses along Coval Lane or Flamingo, they would say no. So well, I'm thinking of the wider, the wider impact on the city itself, not just the Strip, but just you've got employees that are struggling to get to work on the Strip. You have, as you mentioned, the smaller businesses. You have other issues as well. Is it worth it from your objective perch from a business standpoint? And I understand what you're saying. Yes, from the majors, the major casinos and resorts, it definitely is, a, is worth it. But there are challenges to the infrastructure. Yeah, so I would say no. Um, the money goes... A lot of the money is going right to the race promoter. Uh, Liberty Media is based in Colorado. 
And they're taking the money and they're not exactly investing it in uh, Nevada or Las Vegas. They're they you know they're gaining literally tens and hundreds of million dollars in ticket revenues that they're taking. So, you know, I think when if you look if you try to add up all the various effects and net income of the event, it makes a lot of money for I think a narrow category of people. Did you have, if I remember correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, you had some issues initially getting credentialed for that event? <laughs> uh, initially, we were denied. We had one one of my uh, contributors at lvsportsbiz.com wrote a story about how she was actually very much in favor of Formula One. And then she saw piece by piece what they were doing, and she changed her mind. And then lo and behold, I get a an email saying, sorry, your credentials are not being granted to you. <laughs> so we we kind of rectified that and fixed that. But eventually I was credentialed to cover the event. But initially we were denied. But it all, as you say, it got fixed. So you're you're on the you're on the beat. You're on the case. Yeah, I, uh, I ended up able to cover the uh, the event and gain some access there. I almost think of you as the cats. This is an analogy: the cats of sports business reporting. When I say the cats, meaning John Katzelmitis, because he seems to be everywhere covering entertainment up and down the strip and downtown and everywhere. And you seem to be everywhere covering the sports business. Every time I go to a game. You're there. Every time I open up the website, you're there, you're here. How do you set that up so you don't you get enough sleep and you get enough I know you bicycle, but still you need time to rest and just sleep. How do you do that? I was actually talking about this very topic with one of our main contributors, uh, Cassandra Cousineau. She covers the business of UFC and boxing in Las Vegas, which as you know is major. In fact, that was a major story too, Ira. Uh the restructuring of Endeavor, the company, to have WWE and UFC be sister properties under a specific business division. And I was talking to Cassandra about how I think we're going to refocus and recalibrate our story criteria. Uh, Today's a good example. I'm working on a major story about the businesses that were hurt by Formula One and about how they're working together and what Clark County is going to do about it in the LVCVA and Formula One. And we also had a lot of readership on a recent story I published about how LV Sports Biz will no longer publish these economic impact figures unless the presenter of the number sits down with us, shows us the math, shows us the methodology, because too many times these big economic impact numbers, which are really not much more than simply gross spending figures. Uh, and as you know, they're not remotely close to what would be the net income to a community. We we decided to have a new policy in 2024 of not publishing economic impact numbers unless the presenter explains the methodology and shows us the math about how he or she reached that number. I'm going to be recalibrating. You might, not, you might not be seeing me that as much, all right? I might be cutting back on covering all those Vegas Golden Knight games and covering a lot of events. And we might be cutting back so we can carve out some more time to cover these more 
problematic and thoughtful stories about how accurate these economic impact numbers are. Also, in 2024, we're going to see the Oakland Athletics dive much deeper into their baseball stadium plan, which is really kind of the heart and soul of, of LV Sports Biz, which really covers this controversial convergence of politics and sports and business and economic development and stadiums and marketing. And that was one of the top stories for 2023 was definitely the Oakland Athletics going to Carson City and winning a $380 million subsidy to help build a stadium on the Strip. There were a lot of controversial aspects, a lot of layers of controversy to that story. You know, we had you know, in, in terms of the A's winning that $380 million subsidy, their representatives in front of the committees in Carson City were not, or um, Jeremy Aguero, who is a, a local consultant here in Las Vegas, who was working for the stadium board at the time, and also none other than Steve Hill, who I call the man of many hats, because Steve is not only the CEO of the uh, Las Vegas Visitors and Convention Authority, so his job is to promote Las Vegas and bring visitors here. He also represented the athletics before the state legislative committees to try to win the, the public subsidy. And then the A's will show up at the Las Vegas Stadium Authority Board and who chairs the board, but none, none other than our friend, Mr. Steve, man of many hats hill. He's the chairman. And who is the administrative support for the LVCVA? Well, it's not Jeremy anymore because Jeremy's working for the A's now. It is Steve Hill's own agency. The LVCVA has taken the job over from Jeremy Aguero's applied analysis. And Steve Hill's agency, the LVCVA, will be providing the administrative support for the uh, stadium board. Well, can they, so, do, can they do that if the LVCVA is a quasi-public agency when they need the approval of the board of the LVCVA to take over that task? It seems like well, when that a, when a, that particular a separate entity. Job, when that job was given to the LVCVA, Steve Hill stepped away from the conversation because he, it was an obvious conflict of interest. He was the chairman of the stadium board, and he's also the CEO of the LVCVA. So for that particular vote, he actually stepped away in, in that particular case. It's so but, funny because... Uh, it's as so you can see, it's a small web of people in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's what I was about he, to say. It's a, no, Las Vegas is growing very big in the sports business sector and industry. The politics of how things are done almost reflect that of, of a much smaller town. Mm -hmm. There's only a handful of people who call, you know, pretty much get everything done here in town. It is amazing. You, you echoed what I was about to say, or you, you said it before I said it, and it's correct, that we've grown so large and in so many areas, but when it comes to these kinds of things, it's a very small group of people. It's a very small town feel when it comes to those decisions. I'm thinking back to even the monorail days when how that came about and became a whole issue. So the challenge for you then is if you are to become more analytical, as I hear you, then are you going to be relying on some independent or outside or freelance contributors who have a background in analyzing figures so that when some entity releases numbers to you or agrees to sit down with you, they'll be, you'll be able to figure out whether, in fact, it's reality or not? Well, I do interview a lot of sports economists. I do have to say that 
when lvsportsbiz.com did a story on our new policy about only publishing economic impact numbers after we're given an explanation of the methodology and uh, math, uh, economists across the country actually contacted me and really applauded our decision in that story. So I do rely on really a whole uh, battalion of economists around the country who can break down the numbers that are given. But at the same token, in that particular case, Ira, I really need the presenter of the numbers to explain mm-hmm. to me how they reached that number in the first place. Have you had any feedback yet from these eventual presenters of numbers or uh, do you well, anticipate it just, we pushback? Well, we just started it recently. Mm-hmm. The Raiders were very cooperative. I do have to tip my hat to Michael Chrome, who was the chief financial officer of the Raiders. I indicated to their public relations director, his name is Will Kiss, Will arranged for me to meet uh, Michael Chrome, the CFO of the Las Vegas Raiders. And we chatted just last week because the Raiders came out with a number. They said that their stadium, which they run, the Raiders Stadium, Allegiant Stadium, which is run by the Raiders, has generated $2.3 billion worth of visitorship revenue. And again, I wrote a a, a polite letter to um, the Raiders saying, in order for me to publish this number, I really need to speak with someone who can explain how they reached that number. And Michael Chrome was nice enough to meet. We we spent about an hour at the Raiders headquarters, and he broke it down for me, and we, we did a story on it. Do you find it interesting that when you look at what you do compared to larger media operations, even in Las Vegas, that you do command the the respect and the feedback from these entities Again, you're a small operation. You're not the major newspaper in town. You're not the major television station in town. But you have have had such an impact over these years that, as you mentioned, for example, the Raiders guy will sit down with you to go over the figures. I think in the past, if someone asked for that maybe 10 years ago, they probably would come up against a, a, a brick wall. Well, I've been around the block on the topic. I've covered the business of sports first in Denver and then in South Florida. Mm -hmm. I covered the opening of the Mariners baseball park in 1999, which, by the way, hosted the winter classic hockey game with the Golden Knights versus the Seattle Kraken just this past weekend. That was an example, Ira, where I did not go to Seattle to cover that. I had just too many important business stories to write here in Las Vegas. Normally, it would have been fun to go to Seattle and do a road trip to see kind of a spectacle of a winter classic outdoor hockey game. But at the end of the day, it's a hockey game. And it would have been fun for me to see the ballpark since I reported on the ballpark back as a reporter for the Seattle Post-Intelligencer. And then I went on to work in Tampa Bay and sports business. I started a a website for foxsports.com on sports business before I came to Las Vegas to work for the RJ. So it's true. I have a very small boutique news operation here, but I think I've been around the block a little, and um, I would dare say that I probably have more Major League City sports business experience than just about anyone in town. So I can rely on that institutional knowledge, and I can kind of present context and analysis in a way uh, other reporters who don't have that experience could. No, there's no doubt about that. I was referring more to the fact that because you're a small operation, 
theoretically a large sports organization can say, well, we don't have to deal with LV Sports Biz because we have access to the newspaper, we have access to the TV guys, etc. But clearly they do respond, A, based on your background, B, based on the impact that you do have in town. But there's always that possibility that someone would say, well, it's, it's a small operation, we don't need to address it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it. I think, no. I mean, I think you might get that reaction from from public relations staffs that might not be very experienced or might not be very savvy in understanding that uh, even though I do have a very small operation, the impact, though, is nationwide. I mean, our readers, mm -hmm. most of our readers are from Metro Las Vegas and California. But when I dip into my analytics about the site, I see that we have traffic around the country and in Europe and around the world. So we're... Uh, <laughs> Or a, a small but very mighty little news site. And I think the fact that that's where the internet comes into play, that you can have that kind of impact, even though you're not the biggest guy in town, but you, you know, obviously you're the most educated on the subject. But looking at 2024, we've had such an amazing 2023. I don't want to get necessarily too far back on that. Although, again, it was an amazing year. Everything from Formula One to the Stanley Cup to the uh, Las Vegas Aces and their win. We have, looking forward to 2024, we have the Super Bowl coming up. What other big things do you see from your perspective as the head guy at LVSportsBiz.com? Well, the Athletics Baseball Park is, to me, job one. Again, they will be appearing on a monthly basis before the Las Vegas Stadium Authority Board. Their next meeting is January 18th at 3 p.m., at the Las Vegas Convention Center meeting room. And we will be there. We will be there every month. And that is a very, very important topic. Even though you won't see anything visually happening at the site until later in 2024. So later this year, I'm expecting in the, the, the fourth quarter of 2024, I think in Q4, that's when we'll see the buildings start to get demolished mm -hmm. at the Tropicana site. Not happy that about site, that. Yeah, that site, which is the southeast corner right. of Tropicana Avenue and Las Vegas Boulevard, needs to be completely demolished. And there has to be a blank slate at that corner, even though nine acres of the 35-acre site will only be earmarked for the footprint of the baseball stadium. The entire site does have to be cleared and that's another question is, you know, can the athletics shoehorn a, what I would have to expect, some kind of, there will have to be some kind of retractable roof or a fixed roof. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing it'll be retractable, but that's still not official. But there will have to be some kind of roof on this building. And if, if it's retractable, that will be <laughs> a tight squeeze. It's interesting. The Getting back to the Mariners baseball park that hosted the Golden Knights on Sunday for that outdoor winter classic, they have a superstructure that provides sliding panels above the baseball park. That is nine acres by itself. The superstructure of the panels on nine acres, and then you build the ballpark underneath that. So that's just nine acres just for the structure itself. Obviously, baseball parks have a lot of outdoor kind of facilities that are part and, you know, that's part of the ancillary operations. Mm -hmm. So 
the baseball park and eventually the demolition of the Tropicana site in late I, 2024 is, I would like is to, huge. I would like to call it an implosion as opposed to demolition. It sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> it will be raised in, in yeah. one way or the other. And um, a lot of history on that corner. I hate to see it go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure you have a lot of stories to be told there. And also, you know, kind of a little interesting sidelight will be the fact that we have a- another amazing building in the Las Vegas market, the Sphere, that will host the National Hockey League draft, I believe, in June. So that's a big deal, too. The Sphere will host a sports event in uh, June when the uh, NHL draft is held. So that will be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Another kind of thing to look at will be something I hinted uh, before, and that is UFC working as a corporate entity along with WWE. You know, you have uh, Dana White, who is one of the more colorful and brash sports figures, really, in the country. Mm -hmm. He's based right here in Las Vegas. And um, he started a uh, operation um that you know he, he's he's still the president of uh, of UFC so UFC and, and, and UFC actually wants to have a bit they want to have a match and a bit and a fight event at the sphere as well so that's something to look right. for in 2024 before I let you go impact of the Super Bowl coming in I know everyone is kind of uh, uh, hot and bothered about the Super Bowl and it uh, I covered it last year very extensively in the Phoenix market. And it is a big deal. There's things going on every day. It's a football game on February 11th, but there will be a week's worth of of activities. The media day is a huge event on Monday. Typically on Tuesday, the media is invited to see the stadium. So that's a big deal. And during the week, the commissioner will speak, usually that Wednesday. So Roger Goodell will speak on Wednesday, typically. So there's a lot of stuff going on during the week, but here's my caveat for the Las Vegas market. Las Vegas already draws more than 300,000 visitors on Super Bowl weekend. That's without even a game being played in town. It is already a very very busy weekend in Las Vegas. So they, I would expect another 100,000 people to be uh, crammed into the Las Vegas market. So you'll probably see about 425,000 to 450,000 people at its peak, which will be (laughs) very high. But like I said, it's already very busy during Super Bowl. So something to keep in mind uh, if you're keeping track of public money, the LVCVA approved $40 million of your public dollars to host the Super Bowl. And also, there is kind of an offshoot host committee called the Las Vegas Super Bowl Host Committee, and uh, they are charged with raising another $20 million for at least $60 million of investment money that, you know, this market will be spending to host Super Bowl 58. Again, I know every everyone gets hot and bothered about the sizzle and glitz and glamour of all these big sports events. And I just tell people that's great. You can get excited about the sizzle and glamour of it. Keep in mind, there is also a public cost and people should just 
And that's kind of a key part of what we do at LV Sports Biz. You know, the public side needs to be considered as part in the equation as well. That's a great way to leave it. My guest has been Alan Snell, whose popular website, lvsportsbiz.com, reports the business side of Las Vegas' expanding sports industry. For everything about Alan Snell, go to lvsportsbiz.com, and you can follow him on X, formerly Twitter. Alan, thanks again for being on the show. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, Ira. I really enjoy our chats, and I wish you only the best in 2024. Same here. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Bring us your fantasy.